This is the song that got me through, and I'm your co-host, Neil Mahargen. This week, you're going to develop a brand new appreciation for ambient music, or you'll develop one for the very first time. We had on a guest who quite literally wrote a dissertation on music theory, and yet I still got to talk about ska. The world is a beautiful place. If you're ever interested in telling your story, submit the form on our Instagram page, or email us, the song that got me through at gmail.com. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? Hey, Anil. I missed your face. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess it's been like, uh, it's it's been two weeks. And um, I do have to say, though, uh, happy birthday, Sarah. Thank you. I, um, in in an attempt to try to do something nice for your birthday, <laughs> I, um, oh, boy, I direct messaged your boyfriend, Um to try to set to try to set up some sort of lunch for you and he never got back to me so um that's a very empty happy birthday but happy birthday sarah oh my gosh you were gonna set up a lunch for me that's so nice well uh too too bad cody rejected uh me sliding into his dms so uh this guys both have private instagrams so it goes into a different bucket i don't know if you know that but he most likely 99.9% sure he just hasn't even seen it. Oh man. Okay. Uh, this is exactly why I do not man- manage our social media. <laughs> okay. That's very good to know. Well, I just ruined that. So uh, <laughs> what I am going to avoid this week is I am not going to ruin who our guest is. Deal. Guest? Because you do that constantly. Every single week. Who is our guest this week? Oh, am I? <laughs> this is my introduction to come in. All right. Hi, my name is Sean Smither, uh, and I am a uh, musician and a music theorist. I and uh, that's actually Doc, Dr. Sean Smither. Let's just add that in. Oh, uh, yes. Nice. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yes, very recently, doctor. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, so not only are you a musician, and I would note that the... Uh, the opening song for every single one of our episodes is uh, done by a band called Native Bells, and Sean is the primary songwriter uh, for Native Bells. So, um, yeah, in addition to you being a phenomenal musician, you said you also uh, teach music? I teach music, yeah, at the college level. So I teach uh, at a conservatory in New York City. Uh, I teach jazz. That's very cool. And you've been a part of our podcast since day one. <laughs> yeah, in some sense. Yeah, yeah. There's I, the the wonderful story behind that is when I was trying to get into podcasting originally, I um, spent a long night drinking a lot of gin, and at about one o'clock in the morning Pacific time, uh, I messaged Sean and said, "Hey, I don't have any music for my intro. Um, can I just take any song that you've ever made and use it as my intro?" Um, and um, that's how we ended up with Native Bells as our as our intro um, song. You might want to get some sort of contract in place so when we make it big time, <laughs> you get like royalties from every time your song is played. <laughs> well, that's, this is the plus side of, of using my music. There's no copyright issues or anything like that to worry about whatsoever. You just get totally free reign. <laughs> <laughs> Which has obviously worked out very well for you so far. You did the intro music for a wildly successful podcast. So uh, good for you. Um, yeah. So uh, Sean, uh, what is the song that we are going to be uh, that we're going to be talking about this week? 
Uh, so the song I've picked is called First Light. Uh, it's by Brian Eno and Harold Budd. Um, it is from the album uh, Ambient 2 Plateau of Mirror. Uh, and it is a kind of, well, not even kind of, it's, it's sort of a uh, the epitome of ambient music, early ambient music. Um, I would also note for you, Sarah, um, the song is, in fact, longer than Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would also bode well if I ever have a panic attack. It was very calming. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I told Emil that I this sounds like a song I would listen to if I had a panic attack to like calm down, he said, oh, like an acid trip. <laughs> so it would be good for either one, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's let's take a quick uh, let's take a quick listen to the song, and then uh, we will get back to it. song i guess for me i thought of uh panic attacks and anil thought of acid trips sean why don't you tell us uh what it was for you that made this song the one that you wanted to talk about today this is probably uh the piece of music that i've listened to most ever uh i've I've listened to it countless times i think back when i had uh itunes i probably had literally hundreds and hundreds of plays of it uh and it's, I don't know if I would say that it's sort of my favorite song, but it's, uh, I listen to it probably more than anything else. Um, it's sort of for the, for the same reasons that uh, Sarah was saying. It's incredibly calming, uh, which isn't unlike a lot of other ambient music, uh, but it's, it's an incredibly calming track in part because you have that kind of very slow, even tempo, uh, and this kind of uh, repeating sort of rhythm uh, to the left end of the piano and this sort of unusually calm uh, atmosphere about it. Um, and it's something that's kind of cropped up a bunch of times uh, throughout my life and has been uh, kind of important as a, uh, a way of escaping and a way of uh, managing uh, stress and focusing and so on. How do you get into, uh, and just, I, I've always wondered this, how do you get into ambient music? Because to me, like, I know a lot of people are starting to find it on, like, YouTube, or especially during during time like this where people are stuck at home a lot and need mm-hmm. an outlet, are, like, finding these sort of, like, calming playlists, which are pretty much all ambient music. But I feel like you've been to ambient music much, much longer, and I find that so interesting. So the the way that I got into it was, well, I, I probably got into ambient music from knowing uh, Brian Eno's uh, popular stuff at first. Um, I had listened to his other records. Eno's probably, if I had to pick one artist who's probably my favorite, it'd probably be Eno. Uh, I, I heard his early records, his kind of glam rock records. I heard uh, 
Another Green World, which remains one of my favorites, Before and After Science. And uh, all of those records, especially those last two, have hints of what he would later call ambient music, um, these kinds of very quiet, uh, contemplative pieces. And so I kind of read into it. And I actually, I didn't get into ambient music because of the kind of calming nature of it, or at least that wasn't the intention. I was I was just really interested in Eno's description of it and the way that he uh, initially described ambient music or the goal of ambient music was uh, that it should be as ignorable as it is interesting. And mm. so I, I was really interested in that's this. Such a, that's such a great description of, <laughs> of ambient music. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's a bit, it, it requires you to listen to music in a way that's totally unlike any other kind of, music like it, it's a it's a music that you kind of are supposed to sort of ignore like you're not really supposed to pay that close attention to it um it's kind of it's it's sort of okay for it to be background music there's you don't have to feel any kind of guilt about letting it sort of slip into the background i really like i really like that description of um the whole idea of like you're not actually supposed to wrecking like if you recognize it, it's almost doing its job wrong. Um, it's and that's kind of interesting because I kind of feel that way about about my work, and I know a lot of people feel that way about like about their work in general, and not necessarily just related to music. But there are a lot of us who kind of strive to. If you are doing a good job, it means that no one recognizes that you are doing something either good or bad. So that's a really interesting way to, to kind of talk about ambient music. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a good, that's a good metaphor for, for it too. Like it, it's a, it's a very sort of similar thing, like good ambient music should be ignorable. And actually there's quite a lot of ambient music, especially more recent stuff uh, that I actually find to be extremely difficult to ignore and not necessarily bad music, but not great as ambient music because it's not particularly ignorable. I was just curious, you mentioned that this particular song has kind of come back into your life at several different points. Where were you at in your life when you first came across this song? So I think, it's, it's kind of difficult for, for me to remember, I believe this was probably the first ambient uh, record that I ever listened to. If not, it was probably the second. I, I might have listened to Ambient One Music for Airports, which is the, the really famous one. Obviously the most famous one. Every, <laughs> everyone knows that. Everyone just... If you were listening and you did not know that, please turn off this podcast now. <laughs> well, it, it's it's more famous than this record at the, le- at the very least. So if, if I was going to start anywhere, I probably did start there. But in any case, the, the earliest memory I have of listening to this is from... Uh, I think I was studying at Berkeley College of Music. Uh, I was there for two years. Um, and I, it was in a study room, uh, a very, very quiet study room. Uh, and ordinarily at that point in my life, whenever I was studying, I probably would have listened to just about anything. I wasn't very particular about what I listened to when I was studying. And uh, if anything, you know, I might have listened to jazz, which is what I was actually uh, studying at school uh, full time. Um, but it was such a quiet room that I felt like I needed something very quiet to listen to. Eventually I listened to it in my apartment, uh, a lot as a kind of way of 
sort of escaping everything else. Um, because especially this record and especially this particular track on this record, uh, it, it kind of, it, it has this sort of otherworldly feel to it. It's not just kind of coloring the, the background. It's not just wallpaper. It, it feels like this kind of uh, otherworldly kind of thing. It's, it's feels sort of transportative or, or uh, escapist or something like that. And how has your study of music impacted the way that you listen to these songs? That's an interesting question because I, I kind of feel like one of the reasons why I continually go back to ambient music is that it's one of the few uh, genres of music that is not that impacted by the fact that I'm a music theorist, by the fact that I study and analyze music all the time. Um, because ambient music is, is sort of notoriously difficult to analyze because there's not a lot to analyze. <laughs> like there's not much going on. So right. it, it kind of limits the extent to which I can actually actively analyze it. Like if I'm listening to to jazz or to sort of experimental pop or to classical music or something uh, that's a bit busier and more complicated, there's a lot for me to pay attention to. There's a lot for me to sort of take apart. But when I'm listening to ambient music, there's usually not a whole lot there for me to analyze. It's just kind of, it resists uh, close analysis. Yeah, that's interesting. I I really like that a lot. And it's, uh, again, like something that I kind of, that I, I think about a lot, like once you get really ingrained in a field of study, it becomes impossible not to pick like, really small things apart and it's very difficult for me not to be wildly involved because it is just like it's something that i i know well so that's a very interesting like approach to it i actually never thought like this whole conversation has made me think about ambient music in a completely different way actually yeah same i usually like you said sean just put it on and kind of ignore it and it's a way for me to like something that I listen to when I'm heads down doing work or when I want to just feel more relaxed or something, something that I can just put on as background noise. And this has given me kind of a new appreciation for it. One of the things that you mentioned early on was that like you had used this as kind of a means of escape when you were in Boston. Um, has that kind of transformed over time or is this still very like an escapist track for you? I, I, it, it's become more, uh, it, it's remained an escapist track, although it has more possibilities than that, I think. Uh, and I, I feel that way about most ambient music really that on the one hand, if I'm, especially stressed, uh, it's, it's a very, uh, quick and easy way to kind of escape into a different space. Um, and I, the, the, I, the metaphor of music as space, I think is really, uh, easily applied to ambient music. Um, it's, it's very kind of geometric in some ways. Um, and at the same time, uh, I've found situations where it seems, fitting uh like if i'm you know if i'm sitting at home and ha on a rainy day and have you know the the lights on and in such a way that it's already a kind of calming space then it 
I, I'll put this record on and it's, it doesn't, uh, it, it, it's not a means of escape, but it complements the, the kind of existing atmosphere in the room and allows me to kind of uh, focus and feel kind of at ease. Do you do this sort of analysis in all all situations anytime that you are trying to figure out what song to put on? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I tend to, whenever I'm working, I tend to have some kind of music on in the background. And since since I started listening to ambient music largely because of this record, um, it, my choice of what to listen to has usually been very deliberate. Um, and... I tend to want to kind of, to the extent possible, complement the environment and stuff. So if I'm out at a coffee shop, I'm not probably not going to listen to this because it'll be too loud and uh, too sort of busy. Um, and so I'll pick something that's a little bit more uh, appropriate to it. But yeah, I, I tend to think, at least in terms of ambient music, I tend to think in terms of uh, how it interacts with the environment that I'm already in. So at what point is it appropriate to play Dance Dance by Fall Out Boy? Because I often find myself putting on that specific track when I do not know what else to put on. For me, never, but that's that's just my thing. What would be your most embarrassing track that you listen to? Being someone that studies music and has a whole new level of appreciation for what you listen to, What's like one of the most embarrassing things or songs to admit that you listen to? You know, I have to, I I felt a bit of, a bit of not, not shame, but a a bit of, of kind of embarrassment the other day when I suddenly remembered that the toasters exist and I started listening to the toasters, which, well, I mean, the toasters are are fine. I was listening to, to Skaboom. Uh, which is just not a record I've listened to in a long time, and it, it only only kind of holds up. Some of it holds up, but uh, a ska yeah. just unfortunately does not hold up in many regards. Um, I think it was our <laughs> third episode where I just got absolutely roasted for being a ska kid. Um, <laughs> you don't need to be ashamed of it, but I absolutely, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. Like if a ska song comes on these days, um, and there are other people in the room. It's it's like there's porn on my computer. I'm like <laughs> scrambling to to figure out how to get it off. Yeah. Come on. I know that in Boston, uh, I would say that there was probably a decent amount of like negativity and or heartbreak involved in thinking about that city and this happened to be a song that you were listening to a lot during that time uh kind of during your during your time after that like in new york and uh in new brunswick after that like have you have you since started associating this differently or do you primarily just kind of look back on this and think about that time well i think with my listening to ambient music probably came more more than anything else. I didn't have any particular associations with uh, like heartbreak or anything like that, but more of like social isolation um, because that, that was kind of the main thing at the time uh, when I was in Boston and first kind of getting into this music was that I kind of, I wasn't really seeing anybody. I was basically just studying and taking walks around the city and studying and that, that was basically it. Um, and so it was kind of reflective music and sort of seemed appropriate for that kind of thing. Um, 
So I, I didn't really have, I think one of the reasons why it stuck with me is that it, it never kind of accrued any negative associations to begin with. Even, even though it was like an escapist kind of thing, it never, it never kind of felt like it was a negative thing. It always felt like a positive. Um, and so I, I always continued to come back to it uh, in New York, in New Brunswick, uh, because it it didn't have any kind of uh, associations to me. It was it, the association, the, the thing that I thought about was that kind of uh, imaginary space that it created, this kind of like calm, uh, bright sort of space. God, I, I just, I find this so interesting because this is the first time I'm really having a conversation with someone where they're able to actually not associate emotion with music um and i kind of wonder like as you listen to what let's talk about non-ambient music for a second but as you listen to kind of like other music especially that with like lyrics um do you find that you're able to do that sort of dissociation between emotion and song or so is that a sean specific thing or is that a music type specific thing for me, I used to have that a lot more. Um, like I used to uh, associate a particular song with a particular place, and so on and so forth, um, more than I do now. And actually, one of the one of the songs I was considering talking about uh, today uh, was uh, from Bell and Sebastian's uh, "If uh, If You're Feeling Sinister," uh, in part because that's a record where I first listened to it for the first time. Uh, a few years ago in, in on my first visit uh, to the UK and I never really listened to it again after that. Uh, and so every time I hear even a little bit of that record, it has this very, very specific memory because it's never been overwritten. And there's all these kinds of dense emotions and things like that, that are uh, intertwined with those kind of aural memories. And so I imagine that that's probably how a lot of, people tend to feel about music, but I don't tend to get those sort of memory specific things that often anymore, in part just because I listen to so much stuff uh, and in part because I, the way that I'm listening to it tends to be a bit different now. All right. Before we wrap up this episode, I need to know, non-ambient, what is your most listened to song of all time? I don't know. Is there a quick way of f figuring out? I have <laughs> you know? no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Sarah, what's your most listened to song of all time? Oh, God. I Well, I have Apple Music, so I don't know how to tell. But if I had to guess, I would say it's either... No, 100%. It's going to be one of Nora Jones' songs. <laughs> I don't think I can name a single Nora Jones song. I love her. Okay. Wait, what, like, what, what song? Literally any of them. Sunrise, okay. Come Away With Me, Pirates, 22. There's so many of them. I feel like I just, I feel like I just learned something very, very interesting about you, Sarah. I, I never knew that. What? I will, Nora Jones to me is timeless. I will listen to her for the rest of my life. I also really like 50 Cent equally as much also i just i've i just found my top songs of 2019 and 
the top one is actually a different ambient track. <laughs> oh my god. That's that's wildly disappointing. <laughs> it's to be fair, it's a it's an ambient track that's on two different compilations uh that I listen to a lot, so I think that's why it, it got kind of doubled up there, but guys, my most listened to song of all time is Fuck My Life 666 by Against Me. So um <laughs> Yeah, you can take all your ambient music and you can take your Nora Jones and shove it. <laughs> Sean, you uh, you got anything else to uh, to add? Any thoughts on on ambient music? Any thoughts on life in general? Life that's kind of broad. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> other other than I I kind of wish that people would kind of give ambient music a bit more uh, not more credit, but like would open up to it a little bit more. I th- I think people often kind of just see it as like whatever fluff nothing uh kind of music and and i think it it can be a lot more than that if you're if you're open to it and you're willing to just kind of uh give it a chance uh you got maybe one two three albums that people should start with i the the record that this song comes from which is uh again ambient to the plateau of mirror uh which is uh the pianist Harold Budd improvising while uh, Brian Eno does uh, kind of atmospheric stuff. Uh, that's probably my favorite. All of the Eno records are really great uh, for that kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of, in the past two years, there's been a lot of uh, great Japanese ambient music that has been sort of rediscovered uh, from the 70s and 80s. There was a... Uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. There is a uh, compilation that came out that got a, a lot of attention, which is r- really fantastic. Um, uh, I'm also really interested in Stars of the Lid, uh, which is a Texas, I think Texas-based uh, American duo. Uh, they make really beautiful music. Uh, the uh, was it the tired sounds of Stars of the Lid and uh, the record after that uh stars of the lid and their refinement of the decline they're all they're all really beautiful uh long but really beautiful records all right so i i guess i will not have to just go into spotify's uh focus section and choose any random playlist now i can actually start <laughs> listening to something specific sean uh thank you thank you very much for being on the podcast um sarah again Happy birthday. Uh, enjoy enjoy listening to some ambient music on your way out to the coast to uh, enjoy. I will. <clears throat> Thank you. Everyone, have a, have a great week, and uh, I'll chat with you all soon. Bye. This episode was mixed and edited by me, Anil Maharjan. My co-host is Sarah Harrison. Special thanks this week to Dr. Sean Smither for his time, and thank you to the evil corporation that serves as my landlord for letting me pay you so that I have a place to record. As always, if you are ever interested in telling your story, submit the form on our Instagram page or email us, the song that got me through at gmail.com. Till next time, don't lose touch. Let's just say I need to grow up. <laughs>